Decidedly Dry Season 4 starts now. You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is the Sober Podcast, where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. You can always find the show notes, some posts, and all of my other tools over on decidedlydry.substack.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Well, hi, my sweet friends, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to share this episode with you. Today is a guest episode, and what I mean by that is I have a guest on to share their story. Um, This is exciting because you won't have to listen to me babble the whole time, but you get to hear someone's amazing sober story and an opportunity for them to you know, kind of tell you all the good things that have come out of them removing alcohol. My guest today is Courtney Anderson. She is a sober life coach, a podcast host, and author. She is the founder of Sober Vibes and National Sober Day. She helps high-achieving women quit drinking alcohol and thrive in sobriety. I absolutely loved my chat with Courtney. I kind of get all giddy and excited when I get to have other podcast hosts on the show because it's just so exciting for me personally to hear how they got started with their podcasting and of course just be inspired by their sober story. So I really hope that you enjoy our chat today. I will have all of Courtney's links and information in the show notes below. So if you'd like to listen to her show or hear more about her book that is coming out this month, uh, you can find all of that information in the show notes. One quick reminder before we get to today's episode is that Decidedly Dry is no longer on social media. I know I've mentioned this before, but I just wanted to remind you one last time that I am no longer over on the gram or in the world of Facebook. I made the big choice to change platforms. And the reason that I mentioned that is I am over on Substack now. So you can find my page at decidedlydry.substack.com. And it is just kind of my my landing page, my, my world of information and tips and tools and recipes and Gosh, just just everything, any of my creations or writing or really anything that I'm producing is going to be uploaded to that page. So you can head over and you can subscribe just as a free member and take advantage of the tools that I post for my free members. Or you can subscribe just for $5 a month and have access to all of the other things that I add for my paid subscribers. So one last time, that's at decidedlydry.substack.com. I hope to see you over there. All right. With that being said, I am just so excited for you to hear my chat with Courtney. Welcome back to the show, you guys. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry. And today I am so excited to have Courtney Anderson on. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Jess. Thank you for having me on. 
Oh my gosh, it's an honor. I am a fan of your show and I'm just excited to hear your story and and uh, have listeners be able to get to know you a little bit better. So thank you. Thanks. Uh, yes, I am a fan of your show as well. So this is a dream and I will be very <laughs> excited when you come on the Soul Revives podcast too. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. <laughs> well, we are just going to pretty much dive right in. So for those that don't know you, Courtney, if you could just take a couple minutes to tell listeners who you are, if you have kids, where you live, all that good mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, well, obviously, you know, my name is Courtney. and uh, I am a sober coach, a podcast host, and a author. I am a mother of a soon to be two year old. So I'm very busy in the mom game. <laughs> and I'm a wife and I live outside of the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. Awesome. Awesome. And with, with that all being said, I would love to know, I kind of already know this answer, but I want you to tell uh, listeners what your sober date is. My sober date is August 18th of 2012. Oh, I love it. And the reason I got all excited is like, I feel like when I was prepping for our interview, I saw that your sober date was coming up, your soberversary yes. and yes. your book. If I am uh, correct, it comes out this month, right? Yeah. So my book comes out August 15th and then a couple of days later I turn 11. So it's definitely the universe worked that out because this book was actually supposed to come out in the springtime and I needed a couple weeks of my extension. So they're like, okay, well, we'll have to put the publishing date back. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. And so then when they told me what date I'm like, that's just, it's just funny how the universe works <laughs> out that way, you know, Isn't that so crazy. Yeah. Oh. So, and it's coming up next week and it's just going to be, it's, um, it's very humbling and it's, you know, it would, none of this would have, my life wouldn't have panned out the way that it has if I didn't choose giving up drinking alcohol. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about that. Well, I would love for you to take us kind of to the start. So maybe if you could go back and just tell us briefly kind of your history with alcohol and when you decided or started to see those signs of that relationship changing. Yeah. So my relationship with alcohol started off at 19 and it started off later because for a very long time, you know, in high school and I, I just never, I never wanted to drink because alcoholism ran in my family. So I was always like, no, 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 I'm not going to drink. You know, I did drink a couple times in high school, but nothing like insane. And then at 19, you, the drinking age in Canada is 19. So living in the suburbs of Detroit, you could drive over to Canada and to Windsor mm. and go paint the town pink. So for my 19th birthday, we went to Canada and that is the process when I, I fell in love with like the bar, the process of getting ready and going out for the night, you know, and drinking that night. Mm. I was like the next morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, that was the greatest night ever. <laughs> So go ahead. Oh, go on. No, oh I so and just from there it just progressively grew and grew and grew and grew into what it then eventually, you know, for me then stopping. So yeah. So towards the end, um, what were what was going on? I mean, were there any flags or signs or questions that were popping up in your head? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was flags from the get, right? But I think <laughs> it, nobody's drinking. Nobody's, nobody starts drinking to be like, I'm going to have a problem one day, right. you know? And <laughs> so like I said, it just, it grew into something darker. And 
I was 29 years old. I was about six weeks shy of turning 30. And I was working my last bartending shift because I was transitioning into the medical field full time. Mm -hmm. So my last shift, of course, my boyfriend at the time, he was like, please don't get all hammered. He was like, just don't start taking shots as soon as you get there. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So of course, what do I do? As soon as I get into my last shift, I start ripping shots. Um, And I woke up the next morning to a best friend of mine who had spent the night that night. And she was like, you know, your cat's missing and Matt is pissed. And I was like, okay, whatever. So Mm -hmm. after coming to, I do realize that my rescue cat is missing. And then talking with my boyfriend, he was like, I'm pissed. You said you weren't going to do that. And then you, of course, ended up, we were fighting all night. You're standing over the bed, threatening to kill me. He was like, I'm done. He was Mm -hmm. like, you can continue to drink, but I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to continue this ride with you. So I sat in one of the worst hangovers in my life for three days. My cat was missing. During that time, I had said to the universe, if I find Fiona, I will give up drinking for good. I found her after three days and she's still with me today. And my boyfriend is my husband. I want to say this though, at 25 years old, I knew I needed to quit drinking from 25 to 29. I tried to fit it into my life when it was no longer, it no longer fit. And then that's why at 29, I was like, okay, I'm done. Cause I was exhausted. I was exhausted. The shame, the guilt, the decades spent in this active relationship, toxic relationship with alcohol, I was tired. So I haven't had a drink since. I, I think I smiled through that whole story (laughs) only because I love how it was like full circle. It's like, Mm -hmm. and Fiona is still here and Mm -hmm. I am married to that, that boyfriend from my story. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. What an amazing story. So I got to know, was it kind of a cold turkey thing? Was it like, I'm done? Or did you, you know, go to any meetings or any sort of, um, I don't know, support type thing? Yeah. So, well, yes, I did quit cold turkey. And, you know, I I like to add into that now too, with people listening, please talk to your doctor about withdrawals totally. and all that, because it's very, very important. Um, so I quit cold turkey. And I did a couple meetings in the beginning, but it did not resonate with me. Like I was not, I did not have a relationship with God. It was very intimidating. Uh, lots of anxiety. I, I went for a couple and I was like, no, then I really white knuckled it up to two years. Mm-hmm. And then I started going back to therapy. I then participated with the program for a summer. Um, I hired coaches and I really just dug into personal development while Mm. continuing to do therapy. I've been in therapy since I was in middle school. So therapy was never new for me. I always knew that that was an option. I actually was, I had a therapist a couple of years before I quit drinking and and I loved this lady. She was great. And she was like, do you ever think that maybe you should give up alcohol? And I was like, (laughs) you're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so I stopped going to it. So I, I always knew therapy was an option, right? Like, so I really just have dived into the process of recovery, you know, and I still, I still respect sobriety, even at 11 years, mm-hmm. because when you stop respecting it, or have uh, an ego of, I got this, where it was over cockiness, 
that's when you can really start doing some damage. Nobody should ever be like, I fully got this. And even to this day, it's like, I just take it a day at a time. You know, would I choose to drink if something bad happened in my life? No, but I can't say that with 100% certain, you know, Mm -hmm. I can only say what I've done up until these, these last 11 years is I kept choosing not to drink alcohol when times were tough. Yeah. And, and I love that you pointed out that you didn't stick with just one thing. It wasn't like you put this pressure, like, well, I guess I got to go to meetings. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you tried different things for different seasons of your life, which I Mm -hmm. think is such a good reminder because this is not a one size fits all type journey. (laughs) You got to do what works for you, you know? So I love that you pointed that out. Yeah. Because I mean, but not everybody, uh, you know, I think everybody should go and try something at a couple of times before then you make a judgment to be like, no, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like, cause you never know because each type of help I have received, I have take what I've wanted and I yep. have left the rest with it, you know? So, and you just can't knock something if you haven't tried it. Yeah, exactly. And I also appreciate the fact that you said even at 11 years, like it's still a choice that you have to make every day, you know, to work on this and you're never, you know, out of the, or, you know, in the clear or cured. It's like, you just, I feel like get to a point where you're able to kind of weigh it differently, you know, and really look at it. Right. And then, you know, and that's the thing, it just becomes part of living, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just after a couple of years, it's like, okay, this is, this is just life now for me. And that's cool. Um, but I have to say, when I had my son a couple months in, I started to get real wonky because mm-hmm. I was taken out of my normal day to day. And I, as soon as I got sober, worked really hard on my sleep because I was a night owl, especially mm-hmm. being in the bar business. I was, you know, would always go to bed like three, four o'clock in the morning. And then when I got sober, it's like I had to get up at five to go to work. Yeah. So he didn't sleep for up to five months. So like my eye was twitching like around (laughs) month three, I was like, Oh my God. And, um, for anybody sleep deprivation is real. Mm -hmm. And two, he had a little bit of colic that witching hour and it was hard. And Mm -hmm. I sat there and I was like, Oh my God, I see why moms cope with alcohol. So when I started getting a little twitchy like that and my eye was wonky, I was like, I need to get back to my gratitude journal. I need to get back to meditation and personal development and figure out how this looks each day. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think you always have to put the work in a little bit. And when you see those signs come up, like getting real comfortable, or maybe that voice is getting a little louder, like could just have one. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a sign to kind of revisit some of your tools. Yes, absolutely. And to get and to get back to respecting the process. Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Um, well, I am cheating and looking at my notes, but I would love to know, big or small, what were some of the benefits that you started to feel once you removed alcohol? And for some people, I mean, let's be honest, some people are like, uh, it took a long time. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't sleeping. Maybe I wasn't feeling great. It was really hard. So whatever you want to share. Yeah, I definitely think for for the first the first couple ones I noticed is definitely my anxiety decreased, but then I noticed it increased in certain situations. Mm. So it's kind of like a 50-50 on that one, but it decreased when I'm talking about like that I was living in a constant state of hangover and that hangover anxiety because once I turned 25, my 
hangovers went straight to panic attack anxiety attacks. Oh, <laughs> so fun. Right. I'll never forget <laughs> the time I made my roommate take me to an urgent care. I was like, I'm having a heart attack. Something's and the doc- right. Yeah. And the doctor was like, he did like a, a, a EKG, all of that stuff. And he was like, no, you're good. I think you're just having a panic attack. And, you know, of course, I did not tell him I was on like a three day cocaine no. drinking bender. Right. But no, no. At, at 25, they changed. So I did not have that like constant state of anxiety. So that started going away. The shame started to like level out, right? It doesn't go away at the at the first, but I finally felt like I could breathe a little bit, like because I wasn't continuing to live in the same state over and over and over again. So the shame lessened, and I do have to say, I started to build trust in myself, mm. and that was something that I saw in building trust in my word by not drinking every day. And you know, that's definitely when you start building trust within yourself, that's a self-esteem booster. So my Absolutely. self-esteem started to rise and that I knew I could do hard things. So those are like the three that I can, I can pinpoint in the beginning that I really noticed. And then of course too, yeah, of course, like after three, four months, people start telling you like, Oh, you look really good. What are you drinking? <laughs> or what are you drinking? What are you doing? <laughs> and, um, I'm like, I just don't drink alcohol anymore. And I'll never forget my guy friend, Richie. He got sober like a a year or two after I did. And he texted me one time. He was like, did I look that terrible during my (laughs) drinking days? And I was like, yeah, we were pigs. Like we were bloated pigs. He's like, because everyone can say that now, you know? (laughs) And he was like, everyone keeps telling me how better I look. And I was like, well, you do. Oh my gosh. Isn't it funny? I mean, and I feel like those of us that have been through that, like we can look back mm-hmm. and laugh about it now, you know, because mm-hmm. we really respect where we are and the journey and everything. But, oh my gosh, I know I look at some pictures and I'm like, wow, like <laughs> it was right there, you know, and I just, you don't see it. You got the blinders on. <laughs> right, so. Exactly. Well, I would love to know when you decided to start the podcast, because you are the host of a sober podcast called Sober Vibes. And how did that all come about? So the Sober Vibes podcast started in February of 2020. I did a podcast before with a business partner, and I really enjoyed doing that podcast. And that business sizzled out, and I wanted to keep going with podcasting and and coaching. So it was like me branching out on my own. Sober Vibes, though, the concept started when I went back to... AA that summer and I participated with it with at a woman's table because that's where I felt safe and I listened and I was like there's got to be something more like mm-hmm. there's got to be more to this right like it really killed me to hear women to be like I don't have any friends to go out and you know like go to a Tigers game go to a baseball game and and be able to sit there and not have to worry about drinking so in in that time I started like the sober social club mm-hmm. and then it eventually just got hard after a couple months to try to get everybody scheduled together for all of these women um, in the program of going out and doing something socially where you felt safe so then I that's where sober vibes came out mm-hmm. and I just moved it online and it's progressively grown into you know what is national sober day and to the sober vibes podcast and and my coaching and in our community so 
That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I love that because that is a real, I don't want to say problem, but an issue when you first get sober because a lot of people don't have, you know, buddies that aren't drinking as well. I think it's really common to feel like you're the only one in your circle and Mm -hmm. to go out and be brave and not drink. So I love that you saw an issue and just tried to try to be part of the solution. Yeah, I have to say, though, it goes in for for years for some people, you Mm -hmm. know, it's not just that beginning of year because and that's the thing, too. It's like you really have to talk about the addiction. You do have to talk about the sobriety and recovery part Mm -hmm. because there are people who struggle in sobriety. So that's where it was just like, you know, with Soul Revives, it's really meeting you with where you're at because everybody's everybody's path is is different. But yes. And that's, you know, I'll have people tell me all the time on, on my Instagram, like, well, you should talk more about drugs. And I'm like, well, you can start yeah. a page, yep. be part of your solution because Sober Vibes was created of what I needed more of and what other, what I was listening to. Yep. Amen. I love that response too. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> like, yeah, please. Right. Like, please stop telling me what I need to do. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. <laughs> This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I talk about. (laughs) And I didn't have, I didn't have a problem with drugs. Like, yeah, I loved cocaine for three years, but I wouldn't have said like, you know, that wasn't alcohol has always been my drug of choice. So I can't sit there and talk about crack when I don't, I've had two experiences with it. You know what I mean? So I can't really, I can't incorporate that. Yeah. What a great reminder that there is room for all voices. Like, please, if there is something that you are passionate about bring it, bring it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, I would love to also know more about the book. So how did the book start? I know you blog too on your website. So Mm -hmm. was writing kind of a therapeutic thing that you did in sobriety or have you always been a writer? Um, I always liked writing. I've always liked writing and I actually wrote this this like, I don't know, eight page letter to my grandmother when she had passed away. And I read it at her funeral and I put that letter in her casket. And my sister afterwards was like, you're a good writer. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you. You know, cause at that time I was only uh, about six weeks sober. So I was like, well, thank you. That means a lot. And I've always just enjoyed writing. I've enjoyed doing blogs. Um, and expressing myself. And so when the book came about, um, you know, when I was talking with my publisher, she's like, well, what do you want to write about? She's like, obviously it will be about alcohol and recovery and sobriety. And I was like, well, I mean, I really help women like their first 90 days. She's like, great. Let's, let's write about that. Write What you know? So the book is guiding somebody through their first three months without alcohol. And what I love too, that my, my editor said to me, she was like, coming from a person who doesn't have an issue with this. She's like, it helped me understand the problem more. Hmm. I was like, Oh, that that is nice. You know, that was nice. Right. Exactly. That's what I told her. And I was like, well, great. Then I've done my job. I'm like, cause then this book can help family members as well, or loved ones to support somebody through this process and understand what it's like from them when there's like a drinking mind involved. Um, So there's journal props in the book. There's it's, it's, of what to expect because I've I've heard for so many people throughout the years like I've reading all the quit lit books but like I it's not sticking mm. because as we said in the beginning of this why it's not sticking is because you're trying to make somebody else's sobriety your journey and that is where 
we get it wrong. You have to tailor this to you and put your blindfolds on and just focused in front of you every Mm -hmm. day, you know? Mm -hmm. So this book really helps a person tailor it to them. Yeah. What a great point too, because I think, and I always use fitness as an example too, you know, but we see these super fit people and we're like, well, I just need to do exactly what they do. (laughs) Like they, I see success. Like, how do I get that? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's just not going to be the case for us. What might work for them, you know, might not work for us. And I think that's a great reminder too, when you're reading these quitlet books or reading these blogs or following these, you know, sober influencers on social media that yes, like try it, you know, maybe kind Mm -hmm. of see what they did. Like you said, you know, take or pick and choose what works for you, but know that, you know, in the end, you gotta, you gotta kind of make it your own. So I love that. Yeah. And that's like nowadays, right? Where it's like social media is such a blessing. These podcasts are such a blessing. But on the flip side of that too, it's overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelm. And it's like, you know, one person can be saying this, another person could be saying this, and it contradicts contradicts itself. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful, honest to God, that there was not social media and all of these podcasts at the time I got sober. Because I think as we have evolved, the language is getting more confusing and more, and I'll just say it, where a lot of this now, a lot of this, it's like, it seems like it gives permission with the type of labels that we're, we're using to continue drinking. Like if somebody was like, you're a gray area drinker, I would have been, I would have taken that and rolled with it (laughs) and continued to drink and been like, oh, it's cool. I'm just a gray area drinker. I don't you know, where I'm not one extreme or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, if there's a problem with alcohol, there's a problem with alcohol and it will never get better. It just won't. It won't. Yeah. Yeah. And it really has changed. I mean, even from when I started my page and I was just like, I felt like it wasn't as ginormous as it is now. And now it's like, you look around and honestly, that's part of the reason I had to step away from social media for, for a while, just because I was overwhelmed, even you know, in the community that we are in, where it was Mm -hmm. like, I should be doing this. Oh, I should do that. I, my, you know, I don't know, my podcast episode should be reaching this many people or whatever. And, and that's Mm -hmm. not why I'm out here. And I, I think Mm -hmm. you can relate to that too, where it's like, no, I just, I want to talk what I want to talk about. And I want to inspire those that are ready to listen, but Mm -hmm. you know, well, that's that's why, yeah. And that's why I like to come from a a more empowering approach. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you five things you should be doing today on my social media, but like, (laughs) you know, throw out a board and be like, I'm in my sober era. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, and then if you want to continue on that of figuring that out, then it's like, well, then there's these options and these resources and to step in if you ever want to do coaching, like all of that, like, but yeah, I mean, it, it's very hard nowadays on social media, but grateful that it's there. So it's a, 50 Absolutely. 50. it's a lot, it's that love hate thing with social media nowadays. <laughs> Completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Well, I would love for you to tell me what is the most important thing in your life right now? You the don't most- have to say family. I, I always have to give that blanket message <laughs> where I think as moms were always like our children or our spouse, but What's the most important thing that's, you know, possible because of sobriety? Well, I have to say the most important thing to me will always be number one, my sobriety. Mm -hmm. And I know that probably sounds like that should be the answer, but it really is true because 
when you asked me that, like, I immediately thought of Colin, but then also too, that's my son, but then also mm -hmm. thought too, well, if I didn't have my sobriety, that relationship would not look how it would. And if mm -hmm. I never got sober, he would not be here today. So it's just like, it's continuation of continuing to protect and cherish and uh, of my sobriety that will keep taking me forward in the life that I want to live. Yeah. Amen. So, I mean, and also to build off of that, like what were the other big things that came out of sobriety? Like, what did you think that maybe you never would have accomplished or taken on or, or, you know, these different chapters, if you had not put down the drink? Yeah, I would have never got married. Um, I would have never been able to started my healing journey of my own personal, you know, emotional trauma I have endured in my life. I would have never started putting in boundaries in place with people. I would have never, never gotten a healthier relationship with money, you know, and I would still continue to have lived in that chaos. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, of course, then I would have never then started to do coaching in MLM that then brought me into sober vibes and, and created this whole platform, um, for people. And so it, there's everything, everything, everything. that has happened in the last year, 11 years. And even to, like I said, like just having the confidence to come on these podcasts and just share my story. Mm -hmm. I would have never done that if I had still been drinking, obviously, because I still would have been drinking, but like, it's just the whole principle of who you involve into mm -hmm. because you are no longer living in that constant state of shame and guilt in that spiral and just yeah. not to your full potential. Oh, I don't think people understand how much alcohol holds you back emotionally, physically, spiritually in life, and mm -hmm. it will keep you stuck. So have you ever noticed too, like when people quit drinking and you're like, or they're in their active drinking, because we all know people with drinking problems and you're like, God, that guy acts like he's like 20 and he's 50 <laughs> because the, when you develop the relationship with alcohol and in that, whatever age you were at, that's where you're stunted. So yeah. I quit drinking at, or started drinking at 19. So I lived like that for a decade. Like, this is how we should live. And even too, when I got sober and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss out on going out on a Friday. And it's like, I'm 30 years old. Like the priority should not be about other people and partying. It should be about me and healing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so alcohol just stunts you it in really all does. areas of your life. Yep. And that's a lot of times my response where I'm like, literally every area of my life is better without alcohol, like when I'm not drinking. And I don't mean that to be like cliche or give mm -hmm. false hope because it's so true. Like you really, you truly level up. Yes. Yes. You really 1, do. 1,000%. And then plus you, once you start getting that clarity, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, looking forward, I know a couple things, you know, that are coming up that we've already talked about this month that is exciting, but what is, what is on the horizon? Like what is in your next chapter? Honestly, just 
getting this book out into the world and really promoting that is my chapter for the next six months, <laughs> but continuing to work on myself, because as you know, after you have children, there's a healing process you have to do in that. And yeah. I have started to do in that in the past couple months. So I am continuing to, to work on myself and heal some parent wounds I have and, you know, get heal myself from I mean, the best way to describe it is it, even though motherhood is wonderful and all of that, you still experience some trauma. So I am hearing sure. from that, you know, so just, just the next couple months, that is what's on my page. And I mean, the sky's the limit. I'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to the opportunities that this book will bring, but most importantly, I'm, I'm looking, um, you know, I'll never know how this book has helped people, but that is what I'm looking forward to the most from this book is that they have something at their hands um, from a coach and that they, this can help them be a guide on their journey. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Well, my last question that I always ask my guests is to the one person or many that is listening to this right now and feeling inspired to make a change, what advice would you give them? Um, to make that change, you know, to make that change and don't ever give up on yourself because you and your life are worth it. And there's going to be some down days, but Alcohol is never going to fix your problems. It's just going to keep enhancing them. So don't give up on yourself and keep going. I love that. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. I want to tell you thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to find out more about your book and listen to the podcast, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, you can go to CourtneyRecovered.com. That is my website. Or you can reach out to me at Sober Vibes on Instagram. So I party on Instagram. Out of all of these social media apps nowadays, Instagram will always be my favorite. Awesome. Well, I will have all of those listed in the notes below you guys. And Courtney, I just want to say thank you again. It's been so fun having you on the show. And I hope to stay in contact and hear more about the book. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. It was fun. Absolutely. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for pushing play today and hanging with me. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. Grateful for this message and want more? Head on over to decidedlydry.substack.com. There you will find all of my writing, a library of past episodes, and an option to subscribe. That gives you access to many, many more tools for not only your sober journey, but for all areas of your amazing life. It has sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.